The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Variscosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newport Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. In our world today, it's all about the app. Seems like for everything we're looking to do, play, or learn, someone will say there's an app for that. So today, our topic is the wonderful world of apps. You can give us a call this morning to ask any app question or general tech question at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel and in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. On today's show, we're going to discuss the wonderful world of apps. With so many apps available, how do you know which ones are helpful or which ones aren't even worth the download? Wilton Jeremy are here to shed some light on those questions and a lot more. We want you to be a part of this conversation, so give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing great. Let me jump in real quick. Um, I know Michelle probably wishes there was an app for her coffee in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, a magic button that you could just hit and make my coffee magically appear. Sure, surely there are app-controlled coffee pods. You know, you know that how I'm, I am I'm with coffee. You know, he's going to search that. But I, one thing about coffee and me, I'm traditional. I like the old brewed Folgers smell. The Keurig, I still haven't wrapped my mind around that the Keurig is better than a good percolated pot Funny of coffee. you mentioned the Keurig because uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of negative news on them. Right Seriously? <laughs> Yay, yeah, I knew I was right. <laughs> well, see, it's it's a dangerous move when you polarize your company, uh, no matter what you are representing, just because you're going to make somebody mad. Okay. That's how polarization works. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like the old fogey who, give me my Folgers regular old coffee. I'm like that. Am I? Yeah. I'm like that? Yeah. Oh, you're, okay. you're with everybody else who's <laughs> mad at Keurig, except you're not mad at Keurig. You're just enjoying your coffee. I am. And that's what it's all about, It right? is. It's an experience. So there are Wi-Fi coffee makers. Uh, just a quick Google here. Um, I don't know anything about them other than they exist, but I imagine they have an app and you hit a button and it brews and you can put it on a schedule, you know, all the... Typical tech bells and whistles. That is, and we're going to do a show next year. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming up doing that smart home show because, you know, that's like the George Jetson type of (laughs) deal where you bring in, you say your lights on. I heard uh, Bill Gates' house is like that. And I heard he has moving art that changes digital art in his house and things like that, which is, you know, wonderful. But... Maybe I'm just an old soul, 
but I enjoy nostalgia. I enjoy the the old way we used to do things. Oh, you like flipping your light switch on and and telling your thermostat <laughs> what what temperature to go to manually, huh? We'll see. I'm I'm not a caveman. I, I like the uh, I like the new technology approach. I've actually been. Um, Making my own home smarter over the last year. Um, I got a Nest thermostat, and I really like that because I have an app that I can control my thermostat (laughs) with uh, from my phone. Just, you know, hey, set the temperature to this, and boom. I mean, it's almost instant. It's amazing. And um, I've noticed that um, the Nest has actually started learning some things from us because um, I don't have to turn my thermostat on anymore. I will walk past it, and it knows that the house is occupied, so it goes... Turning the heat on, sir, and there it goes. You know, now, see, my foot is tapping, Java. You know, my foot is tapping because I'm now I'm, I'm thinking about the thermostat taking over your home. Wait, now, how have, does it take over your home? This, you sounds, the mo- okay. this sounds hostile. Haven't you exactly where I'm going? So you're talking about turning it up to like 80 degrees and, and like you. locking the yeah, smart uh-huh, locks? Uh-huh. Okay. So my point is, don't you watch movies? <laughs> well, see, okay, all right, so... You know, we've got this this big shift with uh, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and so um, they haven't gotten to the point where they can kill us yet. You think? Okay, but they're they're Elon Musk especially is trying really hard to say, hey, let's not let the machines learn how to kill us ever. If they can evolve, you just told me mm-hmm. that your thermostat has decided that it knows you. You can walk past it and it can sense and change the ther- the temperature in your house. That's scary Okay, alright, alright. So it's not like there's a little intelligence in my thermostat it is. going... It is, Jeremy. It, it is. But it's not. Because, see, um, it's still being programmed. It's it, it, it only learns from certain things, like what we prefer. So it knows if the temperature's 40-something degrees outside, they want it to be about 70 degrees in the house. So it, it takes all those measurements into account, and then it sees when we go and manually adjust it, and it goes, oh, well, when, when the humidity's here, we'll put the temperature here. And it just it just does it. It's really cool. Now, see, I know this is a, um, a, a conversation for another, you know, another mm-hmm. show, another topic. Oh, but could I'm go, loving this, it could, go, it could go on forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think that is um, the Crazy. one of the things that keeps people from – updating their homes or putting it making it a smart home because it is smart i mean i control my thermostat from my phone i have a little camera and i can look in there i can do all other types of things which is great and i don't because i don't have that fear that the that the door is gonna lock automatically but some people actually do sure and you know it's a it's a real thing you know okay so i would say that the fear is not unwarranted simply because we have software glitches and so you know when you go to open your front door and it's not accepting your code or the apps not accepting your input i can see how that could be a problem Mm -hmm. but as far as it like gaining its own sentience and and you know deciding just i'm gonna take out my master uh no not not yet you know what last famous words (laughs) last Famous words. So guess who hey, we have? Hey, y'all watch this. Uh, <laughs> I have, Jer- uh, no, I have Wilts. I have you here oh, with me. Oh, famous last words. Yes, I have Wilts. Oh, okay. Wilts, are you there? I am. I'm a little tardy to the party, but it sounds like I came in on a good part here. Sorry you did. Look, look. We've switched roles, Wilts. <laughs> I'm usually the late one and the one that has to call in. So well, you, you know, keep on I, doing that I thing. I wanted to be cool like you. Oh, wow. You know, I'm trying to get there. Wow. You know, what's funny. Uh, how do you feel about that? You know, I know our topic is apps and I mean, it, it goes with our topic, but having so many apps and having the ability, like Jeremy said, to uh, change his thermostat or get his house warm before he even gets home. Uh, Which Java. Is awesome. Yeah, I mean, cool. Hey, it's cold outside. Let me just get that thing primed. <laughs> You know, uh, Wilts, I still say that uh, they're going to come home and we're going to be looking for Java. It's 10, 30, 11 o'clock and he's not here yet. And he's locked inside the home because he can't get out. Cause his the thermostat, thermostat has set his house to 80 degrees and he's in there sweating. <laughs> well, you know, and it was, it was, it's, a, it's a strange thing that you actually say that. It was kind of strange that uh, last week when I was out in Utah, I went in, got a shower, had set the thermostat to, oh, I forgot whatever I set it to, and I came out, and the thermostat had readjusted itself, and it went to 90. Okay. Um, yeah, I quickly wow. readjusted that down. It's like I didn't want to feel like I was back in, you know, the summer in Mississippi again. But but I think, you know, I was listening to kind of what, what Josh was and I think the the, uh, the convenience of all this is wonderful. I mean, come on, who doesn't like having, like, you know, the automatic car start, be it for your air conditioner in the summer or – 
your heat in the winter and same thing with the house. I mean, I think that's absolutely great. And I think it's, it's wonderful that we have all these access to these tools. Um, but what I don't want to give up is still being able to use the key to my front door. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give up still being able to do those things manually as well, because, you know, it's like, I kind of think about my wife all the time on this, whenever we're looking at like a new car or something, she doesn't want too many doodads on mm-hmm. it because she's like, well, eventually it's going to break. And it's like, if all you have is automatic windows, if, you know, Y'all know what happens when that motor breaks. You're either stuck down or you're stuck up. Oh, and, right. uh, <laughs> you know, so, it is, it yeah, is, I'm, it's a catch 22. And, and what's funny is that, like you said, we have a, actually, we have uh, three callers on the phones already. So we've ignited, we've stirred the we coffee stirred pot, the coffee pot early here, the Wi Fi coffee pot. Yes, exactly. So, I just hit a button on the phone and it just. Psh- Callers came in. See, that's what we did. We have an app for that. That's right. We have an app for that. (laughs) We're going to go to uh, talk to Linda. We're going to go to Houston, Mississippi this morning first and speak with uh, Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I've just turned in to your uh, talk on the smart houses, and I think I'm worried more about hackers than I am uh, the software going bad and locking you in. Uh, if you remember a while back, hackers actually in Norway turned off the heat in the dead of winter for several days in, in uh, some big apartment complexes, and it took them a long time to get that straightened out. Uh, hackers are everywhere, as we hear every day. This is very and true. And also, I lived in Germany for a number of years, and when the smart homes started going in over there... Uh, one of the consumer television shows did some research, and they found a man who had uh, updated his house. He thought it was absolutely perfect, absolutely safe. Mm-hmm. He shut it down, and they took a hacker out there with a with a laptop, and he was in that house within 30 seconds. Well, now I will say, um, hacking that that's that's definitely a, a valid concern. Um, with the smart thermostats, at least, there's been um, uh, quite a bit of fortification in that area where it requires physical access to the device in order to properly hack it to that point. Now, does that mean that it couldn't have software developed that could attack it over the Internet? Absolutely not. Um, but in most cases, you have to worry about somebody having physical access because if they do, they can definitely take you down. And I got to say, if if somebody hacks my thermostat, then I'm just going to rip it off the wall, put the old one back up there, and go, you know what? I should listen to Michelle. I'm going back to the Stone Age. Well, Stone <laughs> Age. And I think our, our other thing that we um, we need to remember also is that, yes, those are accessible. And I think that it, it is a concern, and we need to demand that that be a big part of whatever we're doing is that people look into the security of it. I think we need to expect and demand that. But at the same time, we've got to also remember that putting a lock on your door is also not a preventative to a, a burglar or a thief coming in. Um, one of the nice things about sometimes if you have an electronic lock is maybe it can actually let you know someone's in there, whereas the old manual lock, which, hey, I still lock my house at night and I still like having my regular deadbolts, but, you know, you don't know that someone's in your house until it's too late. Good point. I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 like you said, though, it is mm-hmm. catch-22. It is. So mm-hmm. There, there is yeah. no... 100% fix for everything, but I think there is a balance to be found. My thermostat, I feel okay with uh, making that smart. My 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 lock on my front door, I, I'm not ready for that leap yet. Not <laughs> yet. Oh, not you, Jeremy. Not nope. you. Well, thank you, Ms. Linda, for calling in and uh, giving us that great comment. We're going to take a, our first break, but when we get back, we're going to go to Ashland and speak to Jerry and, of course, our friend Mikey in Mobile has a coffee-making comment, of course. I love Mikey. All right. Yeah, um, we're talking about apps this morning, if you can tell. We're talking about all types of apps, from home appliances to businesses to shopping to entertainment. We're talking about apps this morning. Now, if you have an app question or a general tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Our experts are standing by and ready to help. This is Everyday Tech on only on MPB Think Radio.
home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech with the eerie silence. Okay. Ooh, Good job. The smart home. <laughs> That was on purpose. I know, Java, you did that on purpose. You had a uh, a reason for that silence. But anyway, my name is Michelle McAdoo, and I'm here with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson, our technology experts. Now, before the break, we were talking about smart homes and apps for your home and things like that. Our topic today is apps. We're going to talk about apps for entertainment, apps for knowledge, apps for your business, and apps to help you learn. That's a good thing. But first, before we get back into that, we're going to go to the phone lines again and speak with Jerry from Ashland. Good morning, Jerry. Jerry, are you still with us? Uh, any first-generation connected device, because it seems to me like the manufacturers are just more interested in getting the device out than they are about security. I mean, uh, security seems to be a, an afterthought with them. After Jerry- they've been hacked, they send out patches. So I'd be worried about that. But my question to you is, as far as apps on your phone go, how do you get an app that doesn't take over your phone, that doesn't make you the product? Uh, okay. So uh, one thing you want to make sure that you're doing is looking at the permissions that that app is requesting. If it wants access to a lot of information, like it's a video game, and it wants access to your you know, your camera and your location and uh, your your contacts and things like that, uh, you definitely want to avoid apps like that. Um, I would say uh, typically avoiding free apps in general would be a good way to avoid that. But you're really going to have to do your research on that because, you know, most of these companies, that's that's how they generate their revenue. So you're going to have to get real picky about which apps you do choose. Well, let me ask you this. I, mm-hmm. I do try to buy I – do, I do try to pay for apps, but when you go to the uh, Google store and stuff, mm-hmm. it, there doesn't seem to be a way to uh, winnow out the ones that are for paying for free. I mean, you, you can go through a 1,000 free ones before you find someone who wants to I'm, I'm happy to pay some developer you know, a couple bucks for a product that I find useful. It's same here, and uh, the issue here is finding legitimate software, right? I mean, you're you're concerned with what – information of yours they're poking into. So I'm going to say that you're going to have to start looking um, probably at the one and two star reviews to see what people are really, really dissatisfied with and kind of kind of measure it from there. Also, um, as far as paying for the apps goes, that does not necessarily mean that it doesn't still collect information from you. Yeah, I'm sure that too. Mm -hmm. Um, One one other thing, uh, these little Speaker boxes people plug in and talk to, aren't they listening to you all the time no matter what? So you're talking about like your Echoes and your Google Homes and whatnot? Yeah, all that. I got a friend of mine. I yes. sit at his house and there was one there plugged in and I just unplugged the damn thing. Okay, well, there is a mute button typically on top of it, but uh, unplugging it's all right, too. Um, yes, they, they are listening all the time. Um, They're gathering your information 24-7 no matter what, indiscriminately, and piping it out there to the cloud. Possibly. Um, that's that's still kind of up in the air. There's been some, you know, some investigations and some cases where echoes were in the house, but they weren't able to get any information about what occurred. You know, somebody was murdered and there was an echo in the house that that uh, was eavesdropping or whatever, but they didn't get any information from it. And maybe Amazon themselves said, hey, well, you can't get the information from it. So um, definitely a valid concern, but also you might want to keep in mind that you're probably walking around with one in your pocket all the time, your cellular phone. Well, yeah, I guess. Not to to scare you there, but, you know, at this point, there's a microphone everywhere you go pretty much. So it's it's up to you and your discretion and who you want to hang out with, and um, it's hard to find somebody who doesn't have a phone tethered to their palm these days all right thank you jerry from ashland good questions and um something to put on very, our minds. very valid concerns exactly. i mean it's but it's the state of information these days everything has a camera and a microphone and it can listen i know that i have been discussing something with somebody like hey i need to get some double a batteries or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and then i'll pull up an app and i'll see an ad for some double a batteries and i'm going 
Okay, uh, I'm I glad hope you that's mentioned coincidence. I hope I'm glad you mentioned that because I noticed that if you're on your t- laptop or your computer and you're searching for things, all of a sudden you start seeing advertising. Well, that's that's a little bit different than snooping on you via microphone. That's using your search results and your cookies to get an idea of what it is that you're looking for. So I can go to Amazon. I can look at a product. I can even go and buy the product, Mm -hmm. and I'm still going to see ads for it after I purchase it just because they're just looking at what you're looking at. That's what I'm saying. So you see that pair of shoes that you're going to see it again somewhere else in an ad. See, they're looking at what I'm looking at, and that's kind of creepy. So you get this unique ID that attaches to all the ads and stuff that you receive, and so that's what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. That's what Jerry was saying. He was saying that they're collecting all this information about us. They find out what we like, what we don't like. I mean, your your whole Gmail is access to who you are, what you purchase, what what websites you subscribe to, what kind of news do you listen to. All of those things give you a pretty good idea of what kind of a person that you're dealing with. And then, of course, you've also got your cell phone with your GPS on it, and they use a, uh, a, a tactic called geofencing where, like, I'll step into Home Depot, and my GPS will see that I'm in Home Depot, and, it, and then Samsung Pay will pop up and say – you can use Samsung Pay at Home Depot. And I'm like, that's too close to home. Oh I don't like my. that. <laughs> well, speaking of too close to home, we have um, Mikey from Mobile. She is our resident caller. I love her to death. Good morning, Mikey. I'm your dinosaur, your resident dinosaur. <laughs> but I also um, I do have a tech question um, I'd like to give you first. Bring it on. Um, uh, is the microphone, uh, the camera... You can maybe put a little something over it, right? Your finger, sure. okay, whatever. Yeah. But is the microwave microphone always open wherever you are or only when it's in use like now? Uh, well, it's it's always open, actually. Um, so you could put a little piece of tape over it, too. But if you want to make sure that you're not being snooped on, which we went to the snooping episode already, um, if you want to make sure that you're not, you need to run the sound recorder on your computer or like a a video recorder or something like that and speak and hear if it can still hear you. Because I've got some computers that I can cover up the mic on and it muffles it and you can't understand what people are saying. And I've got other ones that just have really good microphones. And no matter if you cover them, you can still hear what's going on. So it's hacker roulette then, because if you do that on that computer and you got another one, <laughs> so it's like, and we wonder how, what happened in the last election, right? Um, anyway, um, back to the dinosaur comment here. Um, uh, if you really love coffee and you want the best coffee in the world, you don't need anything except maybe um, a mason jar to speak Mississippi, because I'm half Mississippian <laughs> and half Alabamian. Um, uh, just or anything. Use no belly jar. Use whatever. You know, if you want to do it in a coffee pot, do it. But put some cold water and some grounds in the pot the night before you get up. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have the best coffee you've ever tasted. Of course, you do want to strain it, you know. But you can even take it to work with you, you know, with a, a couple of paper filters and pour it out as you drink it. Because I know if you go to work, you need more than one, you know. You don't need a gym <laughs> membership to do it. You don't have to buy all the clothes to go with it and all that stuff. And you don't have any hackers watching to see when you're getting up, when you're drinking coffee, yada, da, da, da. Oh, no. What are they going to do with that information? He's caffeinating himself. Get him. He's jittery. So um, with the uh, apps on the coffee pots and all that, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't want an app on my coffee pot. I'll just make coffee when I want it. But um, I like to cold brew coffee myself, which is also you know where you put it in a jar and you let it sit overnight and it – Soaks up all that delicious coffiness mm-hmm. and then put a little half and half and some ice with it. And, you know, when it's not cold outside, that's just that's my perfect morning right there. On the next everyday coffee. Deep South Dining. Okay. No, we're on everyday coffee <laughs> no, now. We're just going to have a show. Where we just talk about coffee all everyday the time. Everyday coffee. We're going to go back to the phone lines and speak to William from Jackson. He has a Windows 10 update. Good morning, William. Good morning, William. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm here. I'm here. Right. Yeah, I, I'm having stability issues with the Windows 10 updates. Uh, that I keep getting a green screen when I try to operate the computer in, um, in the normal mode. If I put it in safe mode, it's stable. But I, don't, I can't do much in safe mode. So. Okay. Sounds to me, William, like you've got some graphics driver issues. 
uh, you need to go to yeah. your, you've got some graphic driver issues. You need to go to your manufacturer's website and make sure that you have the most current version of your graphic drivers, and that should fix that issue. Now, it could be something else altogether, but since you say that you can go into safe mode and it renders properly, it sounds to me like it's a graphic card issue. All right, so should I go to the one? How do I go to the device manager? Yes, and then you can... What you could try to do is just check and see if it says, like, generic VGA adapter or if it says, like, NVIDIA GeForce, blah, blah, blah. Um, just look and see if there's anything there. But you need to go to your manufacturer. Like, say if your manufacturer was Dell, uh, you go to Dell's website oh, yes. and get the drivers. Okay. So, and uh, also, let me. I've got an, an NVIDIA uh, graphics card, mm-hmm. video card in there. Now, this is a desktop? I checked. Is this a desktop or a laptop? Is it desktop? Okay. In that case, you need to find out exactly what kind of card you got in there, and you need to go to NVIDIA's website and download the drivers directly from them. And I have done that, and I have the latest version of their drivers, so mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But go, go to look at the VGA drivers on the Dell website. No. Uh, if you've got an NVIDIA card in your computer, I recommend finding out what kind of card that is and going directly to their website and downloading the drivers from NVIDIA. And I've done that already. Right. And so the issue persists, or does it? What, what happens? The issue persists, even though I have the, I have a GE ninety three hundred, I think it's called. Okay. So uh, uh, my recommendation card. is to try to go uh, further uh, down on uh, Nvidia's website there, and see if you can get some older drivers that might be compatible. There may be something in the newer driver that uh, doesn't work, because at one point your computer was working fine, right? And then an update rolled through and just broke everything. Yes, right before okay. it was working fine up until I got the latest. Uh, yeah. So I would find, update. I'd go back a version or two on your uh, graphics drivers and see if that doesn't resolve your issue. Okay, I'll go, go, go back to the NVIDIA website and try to get graphics drivers. Okay, yes, I will sir. do that. Thank you very All much. All right, good luck. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. One of the things that people forget a lot is that sometimes, the uh, the newest, latest, greatest. It's 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 not necessarily a bad thing to step back a version or two. Oh. All right. Well, thank you so much for that uh, question, William. Hope that helps you. And if it actually doesn't, you can email the show at um, MPB Online uh, Everyday Tech at MPB Online, and we can go further with that um, issue. We're going to take another quick break, but when we get back, Wilton Jeremy will talk about apps uh, that will help you gain knowledge, and we will go to Wiggins and Louisiana and speak to Tim and Timothy. Now, you can be a part of this show um, by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And again, you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech only on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Now, if you're just tuning in by the music, you can tell we're talking about apps. And our first question actually uh, um, steered us into that um, discussion of how apps can 
kind of, what Jeremy basically what he was saying was they can kind of pinpoint and see what you're looking at, view what they you're... kind of eavesdrop on your whole life. Oh my yeah, God. they can at least. Oh you my know. goodness. Well, you know, we got into it and we start talking about uh, smart homes versus not smart homes and things like that. We're going to actually do an entire show about that. Oh yeah. But before we get into our apps today, we're going to uh, go back to the phone lines and speak with Tim. He's been patiently waiting from Wiggins, Mississippi. Good morning, Tim. Hey, Tim, are you still with us? Yes, I'm right here. Hi, Tim. Thanks for holding. Can we help you this morning? Yeah, let me step outside here real quick. Here we go. I, I got an a iPhone 10, and I've had the, the older ones with the, uh, with a, the fingerprint identification. My wife and I work together, use the phone a lot, and we used to be able to fingerprint, and she and I could both get in. With the 10 and the face print, face ID, uh, we're having difficulty because she's always shoved the phone in my face when she needs it open. Is there any way we can uh, face ID two people? I do believe at this point you are stuck with uh, one person. Um, it's it, it just holds on to one thing. It, as far as the fingerprints go, because you could register individual fingerprints, it couldn't tell that it wasn't your hand. But unfortunately, right. uh, you can't do that with your face. So I would say uh, rely on the PIN code. Okay, uh, I'd like to throw this in. Uh, the iPhone 10, we work outside. I can see the screen now and the sunlight. It's really nice. And that Face ID works really well for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Did my face at first, and, and where we work, I wear safety glass a lot of times. And and first time I put it up to my face, the glass on it recognized me. It works really well. That's that beautiful OLED screen that you're seeing outside there. Uh, with yeah. that iPhone, they went away from the traditional LCD uh, so you see much truer colors on that screen. Works really well in the sun. Glad to hear you're happy with it. Okay. There's no way I can do a print ID with it then, is there? Uh, no, sir. There's no scanner on that phone. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Best of luck. Thank Bye. you, Tim. So we're going to go to another Tim. but This is Timothy from Louisiana. Good morning, Timothy. Good morning, y'all. Hey, good morning, good Timothy. Morning. <clears throat> um start off with this French press coffee. That's the only way to go. (laughs) And you get your husband to bring it to you or your wife. And then you don't even have to get out of bed before you have your first cup. That's pretty nice. Yeah. (laughs) That beats the app because you still got to get up to get the coffee. Yeah. Um, (laughs) IOT. You know, I I had a problem with a, a camera system that I installed Samsung a few months back when it was taken over. Um, there was like a North Korean attack against a lot of Samsung products. Mm-hmm. And my Samsung camera system freaked the heck out. I have since replaced it with another brand. But, um, you know, constantly connecting things make me very nervous now. Uh, with good reason. Um, and as to the home... Uh, an active home. I live off the grid. And um, one of the things I've done is I put in uh, an Arduino uh, electromagnetic managed lock. So mm-hmm. it's got RF, and I've got a little lapel pin, and I just walk up to my front door and it unlocks, you know. Neat. And that's really nice on a rainy day or when you got your hands full, uh, you know, with a, uh, shopping bags or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you don't have to fumble or anything. It just, boom, opens, you know. Neat. And it's dang cheap, you know. An Arduino, I think, is like. They go for about 30 bucks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the sensors are another, like, 15. Sure. You know. And it's fun, you know. So for our listeners out there, an Arduino is a programmable board uh, that you can do all kinds of, like, DIY projects with. All right. So that's, All that's right, really cool. All right, y'all have a groovy day. Thank you. Well. <laughs> Thank you. Right, you have care. a groovy day as well, Timothy. Groovy day. Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to go to Linda. She's been waiting patiently. She has a laptop question. Good morning, Linda. Thanks for holding. Good morning. Uh, I have a Dell laptop. Mm-hmm. It's old, but uh, I'm having a problem uh, with the audio. The audio is very grainy sounding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I go in, I check the sound, 
and it comes up okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what else to do. Okay, so um, you're running this like directly into speakers or um, our headphones. What what are we using to output our audio? I was using speakers. Okay, but I took the speakers off. Uh huh. And I just uh, used the uh, sound system from the computer. Okay, and either way, it sounds grainy. Yes. Okay. Um, if you put headphones in and you listen to it, does it also sound grainy then? Mm, I don't have headphones, but okay. I can only imagine they do. Sounds like um, it could be either that your processor is having issues keeping up with whatever it is that you're listening to or your audio device is beginning to fail. Um, a, a decent workaround there would be to get a USB sound card. You can get them off of Amazon for about 5 or $10, uh, mm-hmm. and it would just be a little device that just plugs in the side, and then you just plug your speakers directly into that. Um, oh, okay. I'd be curious to know uh, if that would fix your issue. It should, uh, but typically with a failing sound card in a laptop, um, those components are they're built into the motherboard on that computer, so they're very difficult to service. So that's why I say a, just a decent little alternative would be one of those USB adapters. Okay, another thing is mm-hmm. um, I play CDs. Mm-hmm. That's where I really hear them when I'm playing my CDs. You hear the graininess when you're playing your CD? Yes. Hmm. Okay, so if you were to go online and watch like a YouTube video or something, does it get grainy then? I get grainy some, it get grainy some, but not as much as if I use CDs or DVDs. Okay, so when you say that you're playing your CD, it's starting to sound like there's some uh, some load being put on your computer, and it's just not able to keep up. Um, are you able to rip those CDs and copy them to your computer to try to play them? Uh, I haven't tried that, but... That's what I would do, because that's going to bypass having to fire up that device, and it might cut down on the system resources just a little bit. But um, I, I would, it, given that it's just a few bucks, I, I would go with the USB sound card and see what your experience is. Because you know with Amazon, if it doesn't work, you can always send it back. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Miss Linda. Hopefully that will help your issue. So, Wiltz, you've been a little quiet. You're in Houston today, correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. And uh, how's the weather up there? Oh, it's beautiful. Not nearly as cold as Utah was. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I tell you what, there's um, there, there's still a lot of uh, remnants of, of what these folks went through around here. It was uh, that, that that flooding was quite a mess. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you you sent me an email, I mean a text earlier. You said you know you could see some areas that were hardest hit, and you could still see. Uh, oh yeah, recovery. yeah. The, uh, the HP campus out here has actually gotten pretty um, pretty dinged up. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, guys. Hey, just in typical Texas fashion, they're going to come back. They're going to come back stronger than ever. They and do. and bigger because exactly. everything's bigger in Texas. In Texas. Well, guys, you know what? I'm going to throw some questions, some app questions out there. Speaking of apps, we started the show off when the guy was talking about how apps can, what you say, Jeremy, steal your information or watch. Well, let's call you. it eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. So what makes an app good or or bad? So, again, uh, we go back to uh, looking at the actual reviews on the app and the app permissions. The permissions are the biggest thing. Um, you want to if you don't want that app listening to you, then you can go in and you can turn off your microphone. If you don't want that app finding your location, go in and turn off your GPS. You can go in and, and eliminate those things. It may affect the functionality of that app, but it will control what it is that it's getting. Well, the issue for me and a lot of other people is we did not know that we could do what you just said we can do. You're buying apps or our kids are getting apps, thousands of apps, and you don't know to do that. So that's some good advice, what you just said. Can you say it a little slower? (laughs) Okay, so when you go into uh, where your apps are installed on your Android, that's going to be under your applications. And on your iPhone, that's going to be under your settings. Um, you can go in there and you can look at the permissions that each app requests and you can see what all it's accessing, like your microphone, your camera, your location, your contacts, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can toggle those things off. So I've got Michelle's iPhone in my hand here and we're going to go to her Amazon Music app and take a look. No, wait, let's see. 
I hope he doesn't see anything he doesn't need to see. Mm, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go looking. I'm just <laughs> oh, goodness. Privacy is very important <laughs> at my shop. We do not pilfer, we simply test phones. Just a, and, and then we fix them and send them back to people. Exactly. Just a shameless plug, computer doctors. Aware, aware. <laughs> but um, while he's looking for that, Wilts, any more advice on people are looking for apps? Does a, Just because an app is free or not free, does that make it better or worse? You know, really, in my opinion, it doesn't make it any better or worse. Uh, I think one of our earlier callers was kind of spot on. I mean, you know, sometimes I have a free version. Maybe paying a buck or two to uh, help support the developer is a good thing. But, I mean, really what makes it better or worse is, is its intent and how how attentive are they to the program and in, in keeping privacy in, in line. And y'all hear from us a lot on the show, too. Read this review. Look at what other people are saying um, because there's a lot of folks out there that are going to tell you exactly what they think. So um, quite a few of the apps that I actually use are all pretty much free, but there are a couple of them that I have went ahead and paid for just because, you know, it was worth it to me to support or there was maybe an extra feature or function. Paying for doesn't make it good. I mean, there are plenty of pay-for pay apps out there um, that are just terrible for security, and there are plenty of free apps out there that are wonderful for security. It's all about the who's behind the keyboard. Oh, well, we're going to take another break uh, before before. Well, <laughs> when we come back from break, we're going to go to Brandon and speak to Alan. So, Alan, hold tight. We'll get to you in just a minute. When we come back from break, we'll continue talking about apps and what makes an app good versus a bad app. Uh, are free apps better or or not? We're going to talk about some entertainment apps and apps to help you learn things after knowledge if you want to be a part of this conversation we still have phone lines open the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four we'll be right back after the break From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the entire show at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. It's also available on the MPB Media app. So this morning, we've been talking about the wonderful world of apps. We've been talking about apps that... Uh, uh, eavesdrop a little bit apps that make your life better apps to actually make your coffee in the morning and when you wake up it's there apps that eavesdrop is like a misnomer (laughs) okay all right so they don't they don't eavesdrop necessarily okay there are some bad apples or bad apps apples out there um that could abuse that permission that you give it but that doesn't mean that all apps do Mm -hmm. so typically when you open up an app it'll request for permission to use that device and you can say yes or no it says don't on iphone this says allow do you want to allow and don't allow yeah i told you i don't read it i just click don't allow right so when you do that you're saying i don't want that app to have access to that device which is great that's what you want to do if you don't want it accessing your microphone you say don't allow okay so on your iphone uh, you would actually go to your settings. That's the little gray icon with the gear, and you're going to scroll down till you see all your apps. So, like, let's go to Instagram, for example. We'll go look at Instagram, and we see that it has access to contacts, photos, microphone, camera, uh, background app refresh, and it has access to your cellular data. Well, all of these things can be turned off. So if you don't want Instagram to access your contacts, you just flip that off, and it will not ask you. Now, when the app is open, if you access something that needs contacts, it's going to say, hey, I'm not allowed to access this. Do you want to enable it? Mm -hmm. So that's how you kind of know when it's in there digging and looking. Okay, so for your Android phone, now this one may be slightly different. I only have a Samsung, so your Android may vary slightly. But you're going to drop down your notifications menu. You're going to go to your settings, and then you're going to go to your app list, 
and you can tap on any app, and then you can scroll down to where it says permissions, and you can tap on that, and then again, you get the toggle menu, and you just enable or disable whatever it is that you don't want it accessing. So you do have a level of control over this, and the apps have to obey by this, okay? That's the way that that these operating systems are designed. They can't just go in there and violate that permission if you've told it, I don't want it having access to that. So it's not like it's an eavesdropping app. It's more like it has the capability to listen to you when it's on and when you allow it. All right. Well, we're going to go back to the phone line. Alan has been waiting patiently before the break. We're going to go to Brandon, Mississippi. Good morning, Alan. Hi, guys. I, I think I'm actually going to recommend an app. Good deal. Uh, those seem to be a little short today. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I may have mentioned this one before, but if you ever if you ever travel by air and you want to get good information about your flight, things like that, there's a there's an app called Flight View. That's a capital uh, F as in Foxtrot and a capital capital V as in view, no spaces between them. And I have the elite version. You know, you have to pay a you know a few bucks for it, but it is great about giving you information about gates, airports, you know, the whole nine yards. You can you can track your trip in it, and you can put all the legs of your trip in it and stuff. It's just really good. It's real handy. Uh, you know, it's a very good app. I'm actually using that one on my travels. Yeah, right, right, and yeah, especially. I mean, I, I've got low vision. I can't, I can't see all of the. I mean, I, I know they've got all this stuff on TV screens now throughout the airport. So that, that's great if you can read it. But this thing's great because it'll, you can swipe through it and it'll give you all the. It, it'll, it'll audibly, you know, if you're using voiceover, read out all the information you need. It's just a, it's just a real good app. And and I and I want to reiterate what Jeremy keeps saying. You know. We control these devices that we're using. I mean, if you're going to freak out about your smartphone taking over your life like iRobot or 2001 A Space Odyssey, <laughs> don't have one, you know. I mean, just don't use one. I mean, you'll miss out on all the stuff it can do for you. But if you choose to use one, go in there and go into your settings and turn on and off the stuff you want to be able to do. Uh uh, you know, you know, you, you don't need to be overly paranoid about about the device. Uh, it's there to help you. I mean, you got to spend some time learning what it can do for you, and then set it up accordingly. So, uh, uh, you know, it's common sense. So, uh, yeah, don't don't go around looking for somebody to. Don't think your phone's going to come rise out of your pocket. And start <laughs> your head, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh. but, but but uh, I mean, I, I just want to say, I mean, I'm visually impaired. And these devices can do an awful lot for you if yeah. you if you just if you take the time to learn about them, and mm-hmm. and you know and, and and make them work for you. Uh, good good deal, and Alan. You made a great point, and that's what I'm learning. You have to educate yourself on your technology, and that's uh, what I love about this show. I'm learning so much because the reason why I'm afraid of certain things is because I don't know about it. And the more I learn about it, the better I get with it, and I'm less afraid. A lot of people that are afraid to uh, high-tech their home and things like that, it's just just because we don't really understand understand it. it. So once we understand it and have a great class, you can get Wilt's book. Um, What, um, iPhone for Dummies? and (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of your book, Wilt's, again? Uh, don't throw it, get to know it See? as well as I turned it on. Now what? Get those two available books? on Amazon, by the way, in print and ebook. A little shameless plug there. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's important to understand Absolutely. what you have in your pocket. So it won't overtake your life and you won't be scared. of. And I want to say, I've done a lot of like one-on-one lessons with people. I have a lot of people come into my shop and they say, will you teach me how to do this? Mm-hmm. And I, I love to do that because I want to help tear down these walls. I want to bridge the gap between people and technology. That's been my mission since I was a teenager. And I really, I believe that the main thing that I do is instill the confidence that they always had. They just didn't know they had it. So once I show them how simple it really is, you see their face light up and they just go, well, I never, it, it, it's never seen that simple before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they got the overbearing husband who's like, eh, nah, you're moving the mouse wrong, you know, like that, you know. <laughs> you got to have a right kind of teacher to welcome you into an environment where there's really nothing that you can do to damage the machine. And that's what most people think is, oh, if I touch it the wrong way, then it's going to break it. Right. And that's not the case anymore. Well, before we get out of here, we're going to um, get these last few callers in. We're going to go back uh, to Mike, and he's on the road, and he has a great question. Actually, one of my questions I was trying to get into the show. Good morning, Mike. Hello? Hi. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. 
So I always find that apps either don't have enough of what I want or too much of what I want. And I was wondering what it takes to develop an app. And if you develop an app, can you develop it just for yourself or does it have to go through either Android or iOS platform? Okay, so uh, well, to, to answer your first question, how do you develop an app? Uh, you would learn a programming language, and you would need to figure out just exactly which one would be best for you. If you have an iPhone uh, or if you have an Android, that, that can vary slightly. There's, there's a different platform that each are built on. They each come with a software development kit, which means that you can plug those apps directly into your phone without having to go through the app store process you know, to download it and so forth. You just load it directly on the phone, and then you test it. So if you want to bake an app at home and build it into your phone, then, you, yeah, you can absolutely do that. You don't have to publish it to the public. Huh. And so that's someone that, you know, I guess someone with a little bit of study could do relatively easily yes. inexpensive? Um, well, there's there's lots of online courses that are available. There are video tutorials. There's lots and lots and lots of material out there to teach you how to program for these platforms. Now, if you've never programmed before, I'll go ahead and tell you there is a bit of a learning curve to it. But well, there, where there's a will, there's a way. So just keep on keeping on, and you'll eventually break through. But these, these courses, they, they do step-by-step, step and they're really good about teaching you how to develop your own stuff. That's great. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mike. Well, guess what we're going to do? We're going to answer, James, we're going to answer your question online. Your question is, do we have any apps for mapping trails? Uh, Wilton, Jeremy, what we're going to do is uh, get those those apps together, and we're going to go online and put those answers or those apps for mapping trails on our website. That's MPB. That's Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. Again, that's Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. James, I apologize for not being able to get to you on the show, but we will answer that question. Today, you've been listening to The Wonderful World of Apps. We've had a great show. We want to thank you guys for joining us today. If you want to... Um, listen to today's show or any previous show, you can visit mpbonline.org slash everydaytech or download the free MPB radio app. Our board operator this morning was Java Chapman and our phone screener was Liz Gill. Thank you, Liz. For Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo. And join us next week at 10 for another episode of Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio.